it's me, Stephanie, and this is Sanctioned by Stephanie. And on today's show, um, I am welcoming a uh, a comedian that I met at New Way. And Polly was like, you got to meet this guy. You got to meet this guy. And he's helping me host tonight. And you got to meet this guy. And he's like, he's fascinating. You got you to gotta have him on your podcast. And it's been a minute, but... Yeah, uh, you've been coming out to my uh, my open mic, and I'm like, hey, I gotta have him come out. You guys, put your hands together for Drew Freilich, everybody. <laughs> Drew, I think that say hello. <laughs> hello, yes, thank you. <laughs> I wanted to say that I think that your um, I, I really enjoyed the last couple times you've come out to On the Rocks, and oh, thank I you. really enjoyed the Ten Commandments of comedy. <laughs> Okay. And it's so funny to me. And it's like one of, I, I'm like, just do the bit again. I just like, I like whenever you come, I'm like, please just do it one more time. Cause I want to see the reaction to the other comedians that are new that didn't see it when you were here before. Yeah. I mean, it's when it's just a bunch of comics listening to that. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a whole different reaction. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a whole like, different. ah, you shouldn't tell, you know, they're like, ah, why are you making fun of us? <laughs> I enjoyed it, though. I'm like, because maybe because I'm like kind of butthurt about comedy right now. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I want to hear this. Yeah, you get, I mean, yeah, I I picked up on that a little bit. I, I You've said like, I think you said last week, like, I'm going to quit after, <laughs> like after every, the night. And every I was day, like, every day. I was like, man, she... It, I totally identify with that. So yeah, no, it's well when you go so hard and then you're like, okay, wait, I'm still doing the same thing, and then you kind of get frustrated for a while, you know, like that's where that's where I was for a minute, but I'm kind of like, kind of getting a little bit more hopeful again. <laughs> you it's know? like a it's like a bad relationship you can't get out of. Exactly. It, you you've been how long you've been doing comedy for? Three years now. Okay. Yeah. So you, how you got long a have... long you got a long painful <laughs> yeah. relationship ahead of you. <laughs> right. So just strap in. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, why don't you tell us about yourself? So first off, I don't know really anything about you other than like basic like what what's that you're a comedian. I know about your work with the church, but let's get to the nitty gritty. Where where are you from? Where'd you grow up? OK, so uh, do you know Wolverine Lake? Yes. You do? Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> most people have never heard of that. But yeah, I've I, so, heard of it. So uh, I'm from Wolverine Lake. Um, I grew up there. Okay. Where's the closest, like, other um, in relation to? You mean, like, real town? Real town. Yeah. Uh, Wald Lake. Is that a real town? Wald Lake is kind of a real town. We called it Waldtucky growing up. So uh, how about Novi? Novi is like, Novi uh, is oh, like... I got a drum. <laughs> Look at that. But okay. bump All right. <laughs> So Novi is probably the biggest town near in Wald Lake. Novi is the nearest real town. <laughs> yes. Okay. And that, so basically, whenever I explain to people, uh, and I've, I've lived all over the world. Mm -hmm. So if I say Detroit, everybody knows Detroit. Right. Like if I'm in, you know, if I'm in Indonesia and I say, I'm from Detroit. They're right. like, oh, yeah, we know Detroit. Yeah. Robocop. Yeah. Eight mile. <laughs> and, you know, houses are 50 cents. Right. And, uh, you know, like everybody knows Detroit, but yeah. then if they know Detroit, then it's like, all right, do you know Novi? Oh yeah, we know Novi. Do you know Walled Lake? Okay. Yeah. And then I work my way to Wolverine Lake. <laughs> you got to ease it in. And with people the small don't town. even think it's a real place. Like Wolverine Lake, that sounds made up. <laughs> and you're like, no, it it's, isn't. No, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. It's a great name. You know, it's a so. Great name. <laughs> so I grew up in Wolverine Lake. Uh, when I was 18, I moved to Arkansas. I was there for five years. Okay. Lived down south. Did you pick up um, a, an accent while you were down there at all? 
Because I lived in Texas for a minute when I was a child, and I totally code switched into a southern accent. I don't think so. No. Um, so just a note to your listeners, I've brought my friend Ben, who's been my friend for like 35 years. We met in kindergarten. He's here to like verify anything I say, <laughs> whether it's true or false. So I'll just kind of, I don't think I picked up an accent. No? Did you no accent? Okay. You I never, never had a hillbilly. southern accent, okay. but I can do a great southern accent. You can. I can do the impression because it's around, you know? Right. I never became a hillbilly. I, they all thought I was a Yankee. Yeah. I sort of, and this was like this tiny little town in uh, Arkansas called Searcy, Arkansas, the Wolverine Lake of Arkansas. No one's ever heard of it. <laughs> you, you just adjacently moved to the same thing. <laughs> so I literally just went to Wolverine Lake in yeah. the south. Um, it was a Christian college. It was a dry county. Okay. Uh, you could not buy booze uh, anywhere, like the three counties all around it. And really? no joke, when I was there... You can look this up. White County, Arkansas. It was the crystal meth capital of America. Wow. But you couldn't buy booze. And so people just made (laughs) crystal meth. And that's how we got by back in the day. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You can't buy booze, but you can definitely go down the street and get a... Oh, I mean, it was everywhere. Yeah. And not that I know. I mean, if my mom's going to listen to this. Mom, I never did crystal meth, but... um, I was aware of it, though. Yeah. (laughs) But it was there. It was it was around. Yeah, it right. was it was around. Okay. So how old were you around that time? Uh, so that would have been when I was eighteen. Okay. To like twenty two. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in college. You know, I was on the five year plan because college is hard. Yeah. And then I moved to China, and I was there for eleven years. Okay. And that's where I got into comedy. When did you? What What initially um, led you to move to China? So. Um, my major in college was Spanish, mm-hmm. so naturally I'd want to move to a country with a billion people where like 14 of them speak Spanish. Okay. So, <laughs> there we go. Oh, I got my second one. Oh, we're off to a great start. So, um, I, at that time, China was very hot. You know, the economy was great. You right. could get a great job there. Um, so, I got a job teaching English at a petroleum college. Petroleum college. Like like people who are going to go work on an oil rig in like the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So kind of like a trade school for this company, right? Oh, no. This was like a full university. Like oh, the, a university. This okay. was like, yeah, university professor. Um, okay. But uh, we, we weren't real professors. But we always <laughs> joked that we were. You know, we're like, oh, professor. Um, so I got a job at the Petroleum College. Uh-huh. And... Everybody that I was teaching, they were getting their, like, doctorate in, like, chemical engineering, but they didn't speak any English. Oh, okay. So I went in there, and I'm, like, this 22-year-old kid, and I'm, you know, like, totally clueless about China. Don't speak any Chinese. I come in, hey, how's it going, guys? Right. And I go in there, and um, all these guys are older. They're all, like, in their 30s. Yeah. I remember I walk into class the first day, and every single person in the class is smoking a cigarette. (laughs) Like, it's just this cloud of smoke, and I was like, I... Like, I don't know if that's such a good habit to have if you're going to work on, like, an oil rig. Right. Like, that just, I don't know. Like, you're going to burn the thing down. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys have doctorates, don't you know this? <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. They, they love to smoke in China. Like, yeah. Every, no, like, smokers. They, it's the biggest smoking country in the world. Like, yeah. I even smoked cigarettes for a little while I was there. Like, yeah. I'm like. I'll you can't just, avoid it. I'll get into it. I started smoking Marlboros, you know, and, like. It's like comedy. I couldn't avoid it, and I keep chain smoking now. <laughs> yeah. You can't get away from it. So, I was there. I was there for a year. Met my wife in China. Okay. Um, um, and she was in Wuhan. Mm-hmm. 
You may have heard of this town. I have. I've heard that people eat rats in this town or something like that. And then it's like the whole thing happened and like we all had to lock ourselves in our basement and then turn it into a studio. So yeah. is it, oh, so this is like a COVID? This like is you kind start... of a COVID okay, thing. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Just, uh, yeah, because I, I kind of like decided to do it during COVID, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think like COVID, you either got like a hobby or you just like mentally collapsed and you're still recovering. Yeah, or alcoholism. <laughs> also, or you can mix the two. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I started a blog during COVID, so you can check it out www.drewfralick.com if you're listening. Um. <laughs> so I was in Wuhan mm-hmm. and teaching English there, and uh, met my wife Laurie, who we're still married, mm-hmm. and um. Hence, her your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Referring yeah. to her. Yeah. As so as we're as we're we're still we're still hanging in there. Um. How many kids you got now? We have two. Two, okay. One is adopted from China, and one is uh, biologically produced. <laughs> <laughs> we had sex and had that baby. <laughs> so we had, so yeah, we had a baby during COVID. Cause, oh, you did. Yeah, I mean, you finished watching the Michael oh, so Jordan you have documentary. A baby. Yeah. Okay. You finish watching a few Netflix things. You're like, what do we do now? So you have a baby. <laughs> so you, know you have I mean? a baby. Yeah. So you met. So you met her in Wuhan. Yeah. So we met in Wuhan, and then we were. Uh, we were living in Wuhan, newlyweds, you know, oh, we're so in love. And uh, then the financial crisis hit in the U.S. Right. You know, the housing market, all that. Yeah. And so we basically had two options. We were like, we're either going to move back to, well, we were going to move to Minnesota for a minute. I don't even know what we were thinking. But we're like, we're going to move to Minnesota and do something, probably just do nothing, you know. Right. Um, or we had the option to move to Shanghai. Okay. So my wife, she got a job with Disney. Um, we moved to Shanghai. Now my wife, she's a... Is she an Imagineer? <laughs> what is an Imagineer? That's like the coolest job at Disney and they like make robots and stuff. That's a, I just... Anybody that works at Disney, I'm like, are you an Imagineer? Okay. <laughs> I wish I could say that she was, but... Um, so she worked at Disney English, which is like an English school. Okay. Where like Mickey Mouse teaches you English. Wow. So basically Disney, they opened Disneyland Shanghai, I think in 2016 or 2017. Yeah. It's yeah. the most like they make the most money off of Shanghai Disneyland. Damn. So what they did is in 2009, they opened Disney English. So they taught all these kids English. English? English, but basically they're just like brainwashing them okay. to love Disney. <laughs> oh my God. And then seven years later, they're like, oh, now we have a park. And all the kids are like, you know, all the Chinese kids are like going crazy. Like, I want to go see Mickey. I want to go see. It's a religion. Oh, it's a religion. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so that's what she was doing. And my wife is a professionally trained actor. So she's been in like tons of shows, uh, written plays, directed plays. She started the Shanghai Repertory Theater while okay. we were there Damn. with another lady. Um, so one of her like little side things, I should have Laurie on, (laughs) you should have Laurie on. Laurie's like way more interesting and inspirational than I am. Why didn't you bring her and you brought Ben? I know I should have brought Ben. Look at him. He's just sitting here and look at his phone. So lame. Anyways, I always tell people like Laurie is like Barack Obama. Okay. And I'm like George W. Bush. Okay. Like people like, Oh, he'd be fun to have a beer with. But like, she's the like inspirational, charismatic one. We really look up to her. Yeah. She, she would be way better. But anyways, so she had this little side thing of doing improv. Okay. So she was doing acting and all this stuff. She's super talented. And then she started doing improv. Uh-huh. And I would go to the shows and yell stuff out. They're like, 
you know, you know how improv is. Yeah. Oh, where are we now? Oh, we're at McDonald's, but there's an astronaut in the drive or whatever, you know. So right, like, right. Uh, I started shouting stuff out. They were like, "You're hilarious. Okay, you should come to open mic." And so I was like, "Okay." So I started going to open mic. Now the sh- the scene in China was non-existent. Okay. There's no stand-up scene in 2010 when I started doing comedy. It was literally two open mics in the whole country. That was it, run by, like, foreigners, you know, like Americans, Australians, British people, stuff like that. So um, I started doing stand-up. I did a couple open mics, and then we just, if you did open mic, you were just on the shows. Oh, okay. Because there was only, like, four or five people doing stand-up in the whole country. Right. And there was no Chinese scene. Okay. Um. Obviously, like a communist country, they're not like, hey, let's start like talking in front of large groups of crowds with a microphone. They don't like that. Right. Were you fluent in Chinese when you went there? No. Okay. No. Are you now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's kind of how that got started. So then that scene over the course of, you know, five years mm-hmm. turned into um, the Kung Fu Comedy Club. Okay. So that was the first stand-up comedy club in China. You can look it up. That's awesome. KungfuComedy.com. I don't even know if the website's still up. Oh, okay. Because uh, it was later shut down by the government and stuff like that. Really? But sort of like I started and then the scene just grew and grew. So it started with English and the English scene grew. Mm-hmm. But then there was this hunger for stand-up comedy. You know, the local audience was just like, a lot of like English speaking Chinese people would come to these shows and they just like it a lot. Went crazy. Yeah. They were just they we've never seen anything like this before. Okay. And so um, you know, it grew and then the Chinese scene started to grow out of that. There were people that started doing it in Mandarin. Okay. And the Mandarin scene from, you know, I, I don't know, it started like around two thousand and 12 or something like that. Okay, so very, very recently. And then by the time I left, I left in 2018. Okay. It was just huge. Right. Everyone around me was doing TV spots. Um, the open mics, you know, think about this. She watched it completely grow from nothing into like it this. E- yeah, it exploded. Yeah. It exploded. So um, think about this for a second. Okay. okay. So like, Chinese open mic, you go there, it's just like our open mic, right? right. Like anything, like New Way or On the Rocks yeah. or Joke Gym, which I'll talk yep. about later. Yep. Um, four to 500 people at open mic to watch. What? Yeah. Like you go to open mic, like weekly open mic, and we're talking, that's one open mic. There's like 10 open mics throughout the week, and each one of them have hundreds of people there to watch, and they're going crazy. So it's 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 an open mic, but like it's an open a mic, theater but there's, show. It's like an open <laughs> mic, but there's 500 people there. That's wild. Yeah. It was like the craziest thing. Dang. And so, um, you know, everybody that I came up I with. I think I've had five people at an open <laughs> mic, you know? No, Let like alone it, 500. Yeah, like Wednesday, if we get like, you know, five or, I mean, if we get eight yeah. people there, we're like, whoa, this is a rocking show. But yeah. like, yeah, in China, it was just every, it was just. That's wild. Almost this like insatiable appetite for comedy. And so you would go do open mic and, and everybody was getting famous. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, people who had been doing comedy for six months were getting um, on TV, mm-hmm. getting like, you know, TV deals. 
Yeah. Just crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know what the equivalent would be. I, Probably I guess, Austin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you was, know how Austin is blown up. I mean, yeah. like, that's the only thing I can think of is like a mecca for comedy. There was sounding. like a time, I think, in the U.S. <laughs> where it was kind of like that, but maybe not as fast. You know? Right, right. Um, so, so within a span of what you say, like five, six years? Totally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, really like five, six years. So I was doing um, English comedy, and then I started doing Mandarin comedy as well. Okay. Um, and so I got to headline a few times in Mandarin. You can go on YouTube and check it out if you don't believe me. I have me. checked it out. You can look at <laughs> when it. I met you, the first night I met you, Paul was like, you got to watch this. He does everything in Chinese. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I was doing like spots on TV, like the, there's this show, it's kind of like the Jimmy Fallon of China. So I was on there a few times. And Okay. But the crazy thing is in China is um, being a comedian, what they have is they have like comedy companies. Okay. So you sign a contract with a company, right? And then they book all your gigs, and you kind of like go around and you gig and you. Um, you have like a a manager, basically. It's it's more than that though, because they own the TV shows. Oh. And they it's very centralized. Okay. So they have like the theater shows, they have like the TV shows, and they just kind of say, okay, you know, Tuesday you're doing this, Wednesday you're writing for this TV show, you know, Friday you're going to be on this. TV show or whatever. So my last year there, I had some exposure to that. Um, okay. And they uh, wanted to sign me to a contract, but we were kind of on our way out. So when we mm. we uh, decided to adopt our son in 2017, so we were like, we're going to adopt him and go home, you know. Right. Like, so, um, yeah, so I think I covered that yeah. sufficiently well. The Chinese so, scene so, is just crazy, you know. But they just, so... Um, so, like, these management companies, they own all of the TV shows, too. So, like, basically, if you're in with them, you're in. Yeah. You know, in the country. Yeah. So, basically, if you get signed with them, okay, then they just make you famous. So, when you started doing comedy, what, what was your first bit? Like, what did you talk about to all these people that <laughs> are Chinese and you're speaking English, you know, and, like, they're listening, right? Like, yeah. what, oh, what yeah. was relatable to them? So my first show I did was at this jazz bar called Sound Blue, and it was where they did improv. So the first time I did stand up, it was, it was on this variety show. Okay. And it was like I don't know, you, you know, like the Gong Show, kind of. No, no, it was like, uh, it was like singing, and poetry, and okay. comedy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was kind of a mix of that. Um, the guy who went before me, he gave like this 17 minute long eulogy. Uh, what is that called? You, yeah, eulogy. Yeah, like, like a, like a like, funeral eulogy? No, he had written this poem. Oh, uh, like a, he did like a reading. Okay. So he had written this poem for um, this Chilean novelist, Roberto Bolaño, who had recently passed away. And he wanted to like, he like loved his book. So he gets up there and he's like, I mean, it must have been 15 minutes. Just yeah. like, oh, I miss Roberto. Oh, you know, and oh like, <laughs> just like killing, sucking all the air out of the room. And then I had to go up right after him and do comedy. Um, but my first bit was actually, I was playing the piano and I did this bit about uh, meeting Hillary Clinton and just like what that experience was like. Uh, so 
that was my first bit. I think it went well because there was a piano involved. Yeah. If I just had to talk, I probably would have bombed. Okay. And so. you probably had some really nice things to say about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, I think it was like, so I was her waiter. You I was were like a, her waiter. I was a waiter for a while, and she came in, and I was her waiter. And I just remember we made this really nice fish dish for her, and she barely touched any of it. So the whole song was about, like, you know, we made this for you, but you won't eat it, basically. <laughs> it wasn't super, like, mean. It was just kind of fun, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel you with that. Um, so so you you basically, you created this, you, you started your stand-up career abroad, and then you come home, and you came home before COVID hit, right? How much of a, like, how much was a, tri- how trippy was it when you were like, oh, shit, COVID started, like, where we were at, you know, when we first started, when you lived over there? Um, Wuhan, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah, I mean, COVID was, I don't know, <laughs> it was, it was something else, right? Yeah. I mean, it was something else. It was wild. And it is like, um, but you guys were back here by then. And then what, what have, uh, what you've been doing uh, since you've been back. Yeah, so the the transition back was not easy. Okay. Um, uh, Comedy-wise, I guess you could say. So I, I moved back, and it's just tough to go on to a new scene. You don't know anybody. Yeah. You know, you're trying to, like, I don't know, network or whatever. Figure it out. Figure it out. Um, so for a little while before COVID, we were doing, like, these uh, house shows. Uh-huh. Called the Ha Ha House Party. Paul came to a bunch of those. You know? Okay, Paul, yeah. if you're listening, he knows. I don't um, know why, but I have heard of Ha Ha House Party, and maybe yeah. Paul has said something to me. It was like uh, we had this house in Farmington Hills. It was a lot like your house. I love these bungalow houses. Yeah, yeah. And we built like this 25 room, a uh, 25 seat like comedy room in the basement. We would, oh. and we would have these shows and just like have different people headline and uh, it was ten dollars. Mm-hmm. People could drink as much as they want. So it's <laughs> a All little right. bit like. Got got pretty uh, sloppy. Um, there were these nuns that used to come. I don't think they'll listen to this podcast, so I think I can tell the story. That's cool. You can tell the story. The, these nuns used to come, and they would just get hammered. Uh-huh. And uh, and 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 they would they would be like, "Tell a dirty joke." You know, I don't know if that was like their outlet or whatever. Yeah. But that was an interesting thing. And then COVID hit. We uh-huh. were like, "We're gonna keep doing this," and COVID hit. Uh-huh. And. You had to know. stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was like two, two, what, two years there where I didn't do a whole lot of comedy. Yeah, I was focusing more on writing. Mm-hmm. And then um, earlier this year, we opened a new room. It's yeah. uh, called the Joke Gym. Yep. And, and I've heard nothing but good things. Oh, good. And I okay. need, and I actually think I'm gonna. Are you guys doing it this Wednesday or no? Oh yes, we're yeah. doing it this Wednesday. All right, so yeah. I, I think I'm gonna make it out this Wednesday. I'm gonna have a bunch of family there, so it's gonna be like a family themed Thanksgiving show. So, so maybe I shouldn't come. You should definitely come. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not a family show. <laughs> a family themed show. I'm just gonna call Pussy Pierogi. Okay, that's what that's, I'll I'll just change it. I <laughs> need you to come and say that so I can watch my father-in-law's face <laughs> as you talk about that. <laughs> that's gonna be fun. So yeah, so we have this new room. It's called the Joke Gym, and it's just like a great little room. It's it's like the perfect workout room. It's a little 25, well maybe 35 seat. Just black box theater. It's in the basement of a church. You built a club in the basement of a church. It's in the basement of a church. Um, It has this cool green room with, like, an arcade machine and then an old 
painting of white Jesus <laughs> is hanging up right behind the arcade machine. Uh, there's a there's a pew that is painted glow in the dark paint. Oh, cool. So we're just like really leaning into that. Like, yeah, you know, we're not trying to like hide the fact that we're inside of a church. We're just trying to be like, you know, use some old furniture from the church and just like really lean into that intersection of like comedy and yeah. church. And, and now you work really you you work with the church. Yeah, I work at the church. Yeah. yeah. So what yeah. do you what's your what's your position? What do you do? pastor? You're a pa- you're yeah. the pastor. I'm one of the pastors. One of yeah. the pastors. Laurie is the other one. Okay. She's the real pastor. Okay, so you guys made your own cult. Okay, we get it. Yeah, we have our own cult. You can come join us. (laughs) We're always looking for new uh, inductees. I, you know what? If when I first started comedy, I was like, I want to make my own cult. And you know what? (laughs) I think I'm just gonna join yours because you know what? I'm too lazy to make my own. Okay. (laughs) We will. We will uh, get the baby pigs ready and a a blender. Um, You can edit that out later. Anyways, they're gonna leave it in. Okay. Real quick question about living over over in china oh okay cool uh i had a co-worker that's son married a, a girl from china and the biggest thing for her that was hard to get used to with having a chinese daughter-in-law was her cooking and some of the dishes and some of the the meats and the yeah. delicacies that she was like yeah i'm not eating that <laughs> you yeah. know was was that like a big adjustment when you moved over there um the food is amazing it is amazing so the food is like there's no such thing as chinese food okay that's like uh china that's like an americanized thing here it's like a vast oversimplification mm-hmm. so chinese food quote quote unquote chinese food is like this whole world of food Okay. And then there's like main, then there's like foods inside of that right. sort of thing. So there's, you know, there's uh, like Hunanese, you probably heard of like Sichuan. Yep. Um, there's like Beijing style food. So there's all these subcategories. There's Cantonese, yeah. but they're not even like subcategories. They're like cuisines under themselves. Of their own, okay. So it's this whole other world that is difficult to capture when you go to like, you know, the Golden Pagoda and they're serving like grilled cheese <laughs> or whatever. Right. Um, but uh, the food is amazing. But yes, there are some dishes that are so yeah weird and 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 disgusting. Like there's there's things that like I think one time they served me a, a, a raven, a raven, just like a just like a raven on a plate. <laughs> Did it say nevermore? <laughs> <laughs> well done. Hey, look at it. you got one too. There you go. Yeah, there's all kinds of weird stuff. Yeah, no, like I, I, I get it because we're, I mean, I'm Hungarian and Polish. Like they eat pickled pig's feet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, head cheese was in my fridge all the time. That's, yeah, yeah you know what I mean. So I, but it's just, it fascinated me because she was like, yeah, they served me something and it looked like eyeballs and I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> oh yeah, they, they eat like eyeballs, like fish eyeballs are like, mm-hmm. you know. A delicacy. They help your saying, vision. Yeah. Like yeah. a comic I was at this open mic, I think like a week or two ago, and a comic was like, would you ever eat a dog? And everyone's like, oh, and I was like, oh, I have eaten a dog. You have eaten a dog? Yeah, I mean, like, it's What does it taste like, chicken? It tastes like venison. Venison? Yeah. A little stringy? Like, okay. Yeah. All right. That's the line right there. They're going to dig back and be like, that's what's going to get me canceled. This guy that's, ate a dog. Yeah, he ate a dog. <laughs> you know, not a dog lover. It was not. It was a German shepherd, okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask what kind of dog it was. It better not be a poodle or a shih tzu or, or a Yorkie, all right? 
the white lady in me is dying right now. <laughs> like the Karen in me. I apologize. I'm and to your listeners, no, I apologize. No, no, I'm fine. I mean, I'm, anything with enough Lowry seasoning salt, I'm sure, is great. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and uh, we're going to come back with the Unsanctioned Seven and more Drew Freilich, everybody. the sweet sounds of that banjo y'all heard it right the diva cup is back in town and we are bringing the wildest comedy showdown you've ever seen to on the rocks and the sushi bar and japanese bistro in wyandotte michigan join us on tuesday november 28th at 9 p.m for the ultimate hoedown showdown it's free for everyone thanks to our friends at on the rocks so make sure you saddle up We're going full-on country this time, and up to 40 comedians competing for the title. Sign-up is at 8.30, and it's a show-up, go-up time. And cash prize alert, the winner takes home $100 in cold, hard cash and the prestigious Diva Cup trophy. And judging the last will be none other than Diva Cup 6 champion Matt Ceresny and the fabulous downriver diva of drag herself, Whitney Naomi. Who will reign supreme and be our Diva Cup champion? I'm not sure, but you know what? It's a rootin' good time, and you would not want to miss this night. Mark your calendars, Downriver. And if you're hungry, it's Dollar Burger Night till 11 p.m., and we're throwing half-off select appetizers, too. Tuesdays are going to be a whole lot tastier, so come on out to Diva Cup and have ourselves a good old hoedown showdown of a time. Bye. Hey, girl. Hey. Welcome to the sh 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 she unit. The she unit podcast is a new podcast that celebrates all forms of she's, tackling topics and taboos, and unifying everyone identifying as a she. So make sure you check it out and subscribe anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Bye. Ready Metro Detroit and Downriver for the sassiest and classiest comedy showcase in town. Introducing the Sass and Class Comedy Showcase, brought to you by the hilarious mastermind behind the Diva Cup competitions, myself, Stephanie Ann. Taylor AC Lounge, we're bringing you an evening of laughter absolutely free, all right? Join us on December 7th at 9 p.m., Taylor AC Lounge on E-Course Road in Taylor. Uh, We have made a lineup that will have you in stitches. We got Hannah Osborne, we got Scott Sealand, Cliff DeMarco, and Alex Wellhausen. But wait, there's more. Stick around for five open mic lottery spots after the showcase, each with three minutes to shine. It's not just comedy, it's your chance to audition for a future paid showcase gig. One lucky comedian will be chosen by the audience to be on the next showcase. So. Save the date, mark your calendars, and get ready to laugh your socks off with the Sass and Class Comedy Showcase. Bye.
And we're back with more Drew Freilich. So, so Drew, so um, being back in the United States, and we were just talking about, we were talking about open mics and how different it is. Um, what is your favorite thing about like your joke gym room and like seeing people in their element at the open mic? My favorite thing about joke gym. Wow. That's nobody's ever asked me that before. That's a great question. Um, I just, my favorite thing. I just enjoy, uh, I just enjoy watching comedy. Mm -hmm. I, I, I laugh a lot. I like, you know, some comics are like kind of stingy laughers. They sit in the back and they're like, well, that's not that funny. But like, I love to laugh. Mm-hmm. I think people are so funny. I take a lot of delight in everyone. Yeah. I just, no matter what the joke is, um, some people are, you know, not good, but I still enjoy them. I still <laughs> right. like it. You know what I mean? Like, I just enjoy it. It's like if somebody took the time to write something down, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Yeah. And if it's like not the best, I still like it. Yeah. You know? I, I just, love a good bomb. I love a good bomb. Bombing's fun. It's fun. And then it's funny when somebody bombs, but then you're like, that premise, if you do it a little different or a different room, it would probably do better. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and I love, like, I, one of my favorites, uh, if anybody back in, like, the Shanghai crew ever listens to this podcast, you know, which I'm sure some of them will, they'll be like, what's Drew up to? So hey, I mean, they're pa- gonna listen. Polly got us the Philippines, so I'm sure you can get us Shanghai. We are going to get you Shanghai. So um, they'll attest to this, like, I love to watch people bomb, and we would watch each other bomb in Shanghai, mm-hmm. and I love the, like, unraveling bomb, like yeah. the person bombs, and then they start to try to recover, and they don't recover, uh-huh. and then they try to, like, explain why it should be funny, <laughs> and then no one cares, and then they, like, apologize, yeah. and people are like, just, I love just, like, the just unwrap. Yeah. No, it's, it's fun. It, it's funny when you see someone bomb, and they just have to, like, quickly backpedal, and, like, they, they're trying to explain it, and it's like, we don't need to know. Just move on. <laughs> I like that though. I think a whole you could do a whole show of just bombing, and then a and there was this guy who came to Shanghai. Uh, you know Steve Hofstetter. You know I have heard that name, but I don't know him. He became like very famous for these heckler takedown videos in the like mm-hmm. mid 2010s. Mm-hmm. It was like you know comedian owns cop heckler something like that. <laughs> right, right. So he came to Shanghai and he did this show called Comedy Without Apology. Okay. And I thought it'd be great to do a show called Comedy Followed by an Apology. It's just like <laughs> terrible jokes. And you're like, I'm so sorry. And like, you just apologize for lots of unnecessary things. I kind of love that. That would be great. I would pay to go watch that show. <laughs> just apologizing constantly. It sounds like me just in my normal everyday life. I'm so sorry for what I just said. And I want to apologize to the bartender, Maddie, if you're listening, and the people in the back. In the back, please. <laughs> please bear with me on this. I'm going through it. I'm going through it. Um, the last question that I want to ask you, and I just came up with it in my this this isn't the random questions. This is just us chit chatting. But who do people tell you is your doppelganger? Your like, who do you people get give you that you look like? People say Ben Stiller. Okay, that's what I was gonna. I was gonna say a little bit of Ben Stiller. Adam Sandler. Okay. Um. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, who were you thinking? I, you know what is so funny? I was like, he's, he's like a little Tom Cruise, Cruise, oh. a little bit. Oh, but then I thought also a little Mark Summers from Double Dare. 
Do you remember Double Dare back in the day? I don't get that reference. I'm sorry. You don't know Double Dare from Is Nickelodeon? It, was that on television? Oh, we it didn't, was kids TV. You didn't have television. We didn't television. have cable. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. So you were did were you raised super Christian? Then, oh yes. yeah, yeah, oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You want okay. to talk about starting a cult? Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we did. Do you have time for a yeah. second podcast? I mean, I mean, we can we can do a quick little five before we no. do these questions. Yeah, no, we can. I'm happy to talk about. No, it. No, like seriously, we um, didn't have cable TV. We watched um, like Focus on the Family videos. Do you know what those are? Yes, I do. It's like don't steal. Okay. Or God will hit you with a bus. <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> I mean, uh, we had a show. I'm going to turn to the truth uh, verification again. Ben is here. We had a show we used to watch called The Buttercream Gang. Do you remember that? The Buttercream. The Buttercream Gang. We would watch The Buttercream Gang, and it was um, all about how to be an honest and nice person. Okay. And I mean, it's good stuff. I'm not, like, saying, like, it's bad. But, no, you're a pastor. I'm sure yeah. you tell everyone this is good. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it, you know, we couldn't watch The Simpsons. Ironically, right. they were the only family that went to church on TV. They we were. couldn't watch Ren and Stimpy. No, I'm, we. My parents were kind of weird about that too. Beavis and Butthead. No, no, no. Oh, really? Oh, no, no Beavis and Butthead. So, have you watched it now as an adult? Uh yeah, I've watched. I've watched all that. He, he yeah. I have. I had my wild period in Shanghai, you, so you, oh. I got it out of my system. It's like you were on Rumspringer, right? If you were an <laughs> Amish person. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it was like that for like a decade. Yeah. <laughs> for like a decade. I got it out of my system. Yeah. yeah, that's a third podcast. We could do three and three in a row here. Just my nights in Shanghai. Lord of the Rings religious trauma edition. You know? Yeah, we could do that. That'd be fun. But but um, but what I was gonna say is is like uh. So you you weren't really exposed to a ton of pop culture then when you were a kid? No, I mean we were exposed. I, I went to Sesame public Street and stuff like that. Yeah, I went to public school. Oh, okay. I wasn't like you know Amish or you oh, know. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We lived in Wolverine Lake. I don't know. Uh, it's no, still, I, I thought that that was Amish country. Sorry, it <laughs> was back in the day. They called it Waltucky, but no, we were raised in a sub you know a subdivision. There uh-huh. was children. Okay. There was. You we, just didn't have cable TV. We just didn't have cable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My parents didn't have a lot of money. You know. So you made me think that this was going to be like really, really worse than it really was. But I'm good. You with thought it now. like, oh, we're going to really get into. I'm it. like, you didn't know Double Dare, and you got to be close to me in age. Double, <laughs> so. Double Dare was. Double Dare what was. Year? Double Dare was probably like 86, 87, 88, 89 ish. Yeah. Okay. Like the last half of the 80s. I would have been two. I'm. I'm young. Oh shoot! I thought you were fine. Like that, we're close in age. I'm a lot younger than. How that. old are you? I look. I'm 19 years old. I just look like Shut I'm 45. <laughs> I'm 39. You're okay. So I yeah. knew you were about. Yeah, I'm yeah. 43. So okay. it would have been right around that. I time. missed it. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching Buttercream Gang. You so. were watching Buttercream Gang. <laughs> That sounds even dirtier than any of the other. It does stuff sound dirty now that I think about it. Yeah, no, it Buttercream little... Gang definitely definitely <laughs> sounds like a Skinamax flick. <laughs> Through right. the wavy lines, Ooh. right? So, um, are you ready for the unsanctioned seven? The seven random questions that we ask every guest here on Sanctioned by Stephanie. Your first question. I'm picking it out right now. Commented on the music. That's one question. You know, somebody, a couple people made a reference to like, you are the weakest link. (laughs) You know, the opening song was tremendous. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was entering the octagon. (laughs) Yeah. 
Which, ironically, your basement kind of is the octagon. Kind of. It looks like you could have, like, underground fights down here. <laughs> yeah, or comedy shows if we yeah. tore down the walls. Yeah. It's a big basement. It's just we got all these walls up. So, um, ha-ha house party. We're going to resurrect it. <laughs> That'd be, oh, my gosh. Ha-ha house party down river edition. Down river edition. Let's do it. We, I'm we 100% serious. We could do this. I mean, like, I have, like, basically we've sold a lot of the furniture upstairs. So, we could do this in the front room <laughs> i will give you the full model on how to do it step one go to costco get a boda box boxed wine and then you need chairs that's about it <laughs> that's about all you it. need is costco wine and chairs <laughs> well well you know or we could just have sober house party and like oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah i don't want yeah yeah we could okay. do that we will that that's gonna suck no right. you can smoke all the weed you want here but you can't drink alcohol very smoky <laughs> and um lots of coffee okay so your first question is uh, it's not really a question, but describe the worst boss you've ever had to work for, and what did he do to make your life a living hell? Oh my gosh, I've had so many bad bosses. Mm-hmm. It's tough to choose. Okay. Um. Wow, I've had a lot of bad ones. Uh, I had a boss. I'll just go with this guy because I know there's zero chance he'll be listening. Because some of the other ones, you never know. Uh, he was a, he was my boss. I worked at the Shanghai mental health center. This is like a whole nother thing we didn't get into, but Mm -hmm. I'm a therapist and I worked at, uh, the psychiatric hospital in Shanghai. Okay. So my boss there was this like older Chinese guy, probably like in his seventies. Um, and he didn't speak any English, which is not a problem. I, the whole work environment was in Chinese, but he would bring me into his office when I didn't do well or Uh something. Uh And he would just like scream at me. Oh, really? Like for like 15 minutes. It's just like really old school, like Chinese management, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. just, he was just, uh, um, they, they call it in Chinese, like, uh, they call it gua huzi, which is like, uh, I'm going to shave your beard. That's what they say. Like, they don't say I'm going to chew you out. They say, I'm going to shave, shave your, your beard. beard. Oh, my God. I'm going to shave you a new beard. Oh, so geez. he would shave my beard. Wow. He had a bed in his office, too. Which I always thought was kind of weird, like a full-on box spring. Not like a Murphy bed, like a real like bed. Like a bed. Like, wow. it had like a headboard. and uh-huh. uh, So he slept there? There was, oh yeah, he definitely slept there. With whom, I don't know. <laughs> he was a psychiatrist, so who knows. Wow, wow. Drug reps, maybe? <laughs> this is becoming a juicy podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, what, what years was this? Is this... Like the OxyContin women, they were trying to sell that one, that Oxy to everybody, so they could have. It could have been. Yeah, yeah it could have been him. Um, okay, your next question. Uh, could you live without your smartphone for forty-eight hours? Oh yeah, no problem. And no problem. You no have problem. no app, nothing. No problem. You do you? Are you bad with getting back with people? Do you think or no? Like, yeah. are, you're not you're not obsessed with your phone. No, basically. no. Yeah, okay. and I'm terrible. Like, so my wife and I are co-workers. Mm-hmm. And she's why don't you ever answer my emails? You know, like, <laughs> but we live together. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're like, so why like, the hell are you You never me? answer my emails. It's like, ah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I live with you. Yeah. Can we just go over this when we go to sleep at night? <laughs> That's what it seems no, like. No, no, not that. Don't talk about work. Don't talk bed. about work? No. no, no. Then you don't make a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, let's see here. What's the last place you would be caught dead? The last place I would be caught dead. Does that mean like the last place they would 
I think I, it's such a weird phrase, but um, I think it's the last place you wouldn't be at in the world. Like, like I would like never want to go there. Least favorite, um, least desirable place you would ever want to be at, or found dead at. <laughs> Everybody probably like, like, why like are you uh, here? <laughs> I mean, you would find me at one of these places. Oh. I have to go, but uh-huh. um, maybe like a children's recital. Uh huh. Like if they were like singing, like. You know how they have, like, children's choirs? You don't want to traumatize people by being dead at that place. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Oh, so I die at the place? Yeah, you have to be caught dead somewhere. (laughs) The least safe, like, the least uh, desirable place to be caught dead at. Where would I not want to die? Can I phone a friend? Yeah, it spends right here. All right, where would I not want to die? Just speak up and we can hear you. I really would not want to die in the hospital. In the hospital? Yeah, like if you've been to the ICU lately, yeah. like those nurses, they're laughing. They're like sitting at the desk, like they like hee hee ha ha. They're laughing like, like that. Like ain't no thing. Yeah, and like, you're like, like bitch, like, I'm dying. Yeah, like the <laughs> ICU nurses, they're like they're like dying laughing, like they're at the chuckle hut in my in Milwaukee or something. You know, like what? Are you, what is so funny? Like we're literally dying here, and you're like dying laughing. You know, <laughs> I would not that. That would really bum me out to yeah. be in the ICU. And, and you know what's really even more of a bummer? They're usually laughing at like Mario Lopez or some stupid shit on TV. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, You're like, yeah. uh, Slater's not that funny. And they got like HGTV on in the background as your heart stops. It's it's always like, that those is, two I, brothers that look yeah. like they're going to kill you. <laughs> I do not want the last thing I see on this planet to be an episode of Desert Flippers. You know, <laughs> like I just, I do not. Want to die in the ICU? I'm going like a true Detroiter. I want what's the I want the pawn shop one with the guys. American Pawn. That's what I want. That is it. Pawn Stars. What's the one? Hardcore. Hardcore Pawn. Okay, that's the one I want to watch. I want the Detroit original. I want less Grossman or less gold. I want less Grossman. Less gold, and I want his wife, his daughter, and his son, who's looks malnourished. I want all of them on it. That'd be a great place to die. It's a great place to die. And probably get some cheap gold jewelry <laughs> for a bargain. Maybe a tooth or two, you a know. Tooth. <laughs> I, can you pawn a gold tooth? I'm wondering about that now. This is downriver. We could find out within 10 minutes. It's solid gold. Yeah. <laughs> okay, your next question. Uh, do you believe in ghosts? Uh, ghosts? Yeah, ghosts. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, Paranormal activities. I'm open to the possibility. You're open to it? Yeah. Like, you don't want to say it doesn't exist, but you don't want to say, like, you've never really had an encounter or anything like that where you feel like a ghost was among you. I can't say, I can't, um, this is a therapy story, so I can't break confidentiality, but I will just say this. I had a session one time Mm -hmm. that I feel like a ghost showed up. Really? I can't say more than that, but it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. Okay. You just felt a presence? Like, I feel like someone's dead relative showed up in my office. Really? So I think I believe in that. Did you think you were a medium for a second? No. Okay. They weren't paying me like that. This is Ascension. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Ascension doesn't pay their people like mediums. No, no. I talk to them every day. They don't pay much at all. (laughs) They're like, you guys hiring? Every time I talk to someone from there. No, every time I talk to them, they're like, hey, you want to come back to work? I'm like, "Ah, I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you. Okay, let's see here. Um, Oh, here's a good question. If you could be immortal like a vampire, at what age would you stop aging? 
or it could be the age you're at now, or it could be uh, age like younger. Like I would stop aging, but yeah, but I would continue to mature as a person. Uh, yeah, because you'd be a vampire. Oh, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, 25? twenty five. Twenty no, probably twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say like thirty. Yeah, a little. Yeah, yeah twenty seven. Yeah. Um, what number are we on? Number six. I mean, nobody's going to say like 85, right? Is there anybody who's come on the podcast? And I mean, like, unless you're just like, I got big gilf energy and I'm going to be the grandma for life. <laughs> I don't know. You know, like nobody's ever said that. Um, okay, here we Has go. Has anybody ever said like four? That's the first time I've ever asked that question. Oh, I got you. Yeah, these are all random. I'm just pulling them off. Now I'm feeling like I should have said something different because 27 so, you know. Obvious. Like the year everybody gets married is 27. Yeah. Married, sober, or has a baby yeah. sometimes. <laughs> That's usually about the time. Um. All right, let's see. Number six. That's the year Jimi Hendrix died, speaking of ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> I would like to be visited by the ghost of Jimi Hendrix. I mean, that would probably be interesting. I mean, Jimi Hendrix, I don't know what happened, but, like, why? W- I, I don't know. I, I can't remember if he killed himself or it was, like, an it OD. Was dr- that was an OD. His was just an OD. Oh, I gotcha. Um, I, to do or to watch? Any. Either. You can say both. Which one? I, I like each? I like to watch football. Watch football? Yeah. But you're not a good football player. I did play football. Yeah. I played in seventh and eighth grade. Uh, I was quite undersized. Okay. I was 80, 85 pounds. Uh, four foot eight, Ben? Four foot eight. We'll go with that. He's not going to reject it. I was four <laughs> foot eight, 85 pounds. Okay. I played backup running back for the Wald Lake Middle School Waves. The Waves. The Waves. Ride the Waves is wow. what they used to say. And uh, I yeah, I was terrible. <laughs> but I love to watch it. Yeah. yeah. And do you, um, what do you, what sport are you good at? Like that you like to play? Uh, I'm not good at any sport. Oh, you're not anything. good at any sport? I used to be like okay at running. Yeah. But, uh, you know. <laughs> I used to be okay at running. I could do running. Yeah. <laughs> I did some running. What? Okay. Like I did when I was in college. Um, I went out. This was in Dallas. Mm-hmm. This is when I lived in Arkansas. And uh, I would. I went out the night before the Dallas Marathon and got hammered. Uh-huh. And then I ran a half marathon. Like I was like drunk the first half and then hung over the second half of the half marathon. Are you a good drunk? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. I'm a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah you yeah. control yourself. You're not like peeing in a suitcase or something. Oh, no, I'll pee in a suitcase. <laughs> I didn't know what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I meant yeah, like, yeah. I, like I was just going <laughs> to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm going to ask Ben before we get to the seventh question. When's the crazy? What's the craziest thing he's done drunk? I mean, I basically have like the best friend for life here. I gotta ask a question. What's I, the? I think the best one is when he uh, he was hammered and tore his only good pair of pants. <laughs> like totally tore him and had an interview the next morning. Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah. So this story is so uh, we used to do this thing called a world tour. You'd walk around and every convenience store you walk by, you had to stop and buy a round of beers. I love that. So I did that, and uh, I tore my pants from ankle to crotch on a fence that was about three inches tall. Whoa. And I had an interview the next morning. This is in Shanghai, to be a kindergarten teacher. Oh, my God. And I did not show up for that interview, so. (laughs) Because you didn't have any pants? That was the only pair of pants I had, and I had ripped them, so. That is wild. You bought a second pair of pants after that. Later, yeah. Good, good. (laughs) 
Those yeah, were the days, right? Yeah, <laughs> always have a backup. Always have a backup. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you've been doing this for a while, and yeah. I ask everybody for the last question. I always ask, like, what, where do you see yourself going with your comedy in the next five years? Okay, yeah. So right now, the last, like, two years have been very interesting because – I'm doing a little bit of comedy and then I'm preaching every Sunday. So right. that's like, it's a different craft. You you know, there's some, some similarities, but it's a different, it's a different process, all this stuff. Um, I really see myself kind of leaning into this like intersection of religion and comedy. I'm working on a show right now. Uh, that'll come out in the spring. It's called Commentary. And so you love that Ten Commandments bit. So yeah. the Ten Commandments bit is... That's essentially like the backbone of this new show that I'm writing. I like and it's that. essentially the idea that uh, comedy is a religion. Mm-hmm. People are very religious about comedy. People are very like liturgical about comedy. They worship comedy. Yep. And then based on all my experiences growing up in a crazy church and crazy Christian college and all this stuff, religion is kind of a comedy. Yeah. So comedy is a religion, but religion is kind of a comedy too. Yeah. And if you can bring the tools of comedy to religion to sort of analyze it, there's a lot of hilarious things, but there's also like a, real, a lot of sad things. Mm-hmm. And so in this show, I want to talk about basically comedy is good and religion is good. That's the premise. Mm-hmm. But how can the two of them sort of help each other to be better at what they're doing? Coexisting. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's... That's going to be coming out this spring. Okay. I'll I'm be promoting it on uh, Facebook and nice, <laughs> nice. Instagram. So, and uh, yeah, when the show comes out, I'm going to basically say that, uh, I'm going to say this now. You, you're hearing it first on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, any comic gets in for free. Everyone else will have to pay, but it's really written to comics. Uh-huh. And uh, it's written, it's a commentary about comedy. Okay. So, so make sure that you uh, send that to me when you have when you got the date and everything set up. For I it. will, and and we'll make sure to promote it and get people out there. Because be I mean, like I honestly like the what seven eight guys that were there that night all really liked the bit too, and I think that comedians will really like really understand and really like you know relate to what you're yeah. saying. And I think it, I think that's I'm excited for you. I'm excited for that. And then, as always, you have Joke Gym every Wednesday. Every Wednesday, 8 p.m. All you got to do is just DM me on Facebook to get a spot or email jokegymdetroit at gmail.com. Don't email him. He doesn't look at his wife's emails. (laughs) Send him a message. She's like, you always check Joke Gym emails. Why can't you answer my work emails? (laughs) Because they're from you. (laughs) And you are right here. You are right here. Oh, man. So it was really good talking to you, Drew. I'm super excited. Um, I'm going to come out on Wednesday and check it out because, hey, I don't have to work Thursday. Perfect. So we're going to come hang out. And uh, and uh, you guys, make sure you check out Joke Gym. And um, from me, what you have to check out is uh, number one on November the 28th. We are having our seventh Diva Cup uh, stand-up uh, improv comedy competition. Uh oh. And it's going to be at On the Rocks, and we have up to 40 comedians coming, um, and uh, and uh, that's going to be the hoedown showdown. It's going to be country music themed. Love it. Uh, ben is super excited right now. Wait, 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 wait. Ben, listen, listen. Ben is a country music person at heart. I am not a country music fan at all. And you know what? He was like... 
you know, the best diva cups are when I know the music <laughs> because he's the one running the board. And in the we did an 80s one. And I'm telling you, the 80s one, he was it was all songs that he loved and he knew everybody would like. And ever that was the that was probably the funnest diva cup because everyone just danced the rest of the night. Like we had a great time. He's got a big smile on his face. When yeah. you said 80s music, yeah. he started smiling. Yeah. yeah, he was like, so now it's country music. So we're gonna have some honky tonk padonkadonk. We're gonna have all of the all of the hits. It's gonna be a good time. Um, thanks to On the Rocks for always uh, supporting and for sponsoring that completely, taking care of the comedians and the cash prize. Um, also, want to give a shout out to a new dispensary in Down River on Ecourse Road, Green Acres. Uh, go check them out. Uh, they are also locally owned and friends of comedy. Um, but make sure you guys uh, keep an eye out on Drew's stuff for his upcoming show and for a joke gym. And also make sure that you check out all of my Instagram at the Down River Diva and my TikTok for upcoming shows. All right. See you guys. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> Oh,